As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm here with the gang again tonight. And the gang is Denise Renner, Joel Renner, and Maxime. Hey guys, welcome to Home Group. Thank you, Rick. And Home Group, welcome. Did you love last night? I loved last night. It was all scriptures from beginning to end about how God gives us supernatural confidence. Maxime? Yeah, I've, I was very encouraged. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to what you're going to say tonight. How about you, Mr. Renner? I had to tell you, those scriptures were so encouraging. I just was like being fed and fed and fed by those scriptures. It was a blast yesterday. But oh. look what I got. I got my staff. And I've got my staff. What? But notice they're different. Mine's a little more sophisticated than yours. Mine's organic. Yours is really natural. It's just part of a tree that was modified. But hey, guys, that's a real shepherd's staff, and so is this. These are from the Caucasus. They're from Georgia in the southern part of the former Soviet Union. That's right. And, and these are really used on sheep. And actually, you can still smell part of it on mine. Well, I'm not going to lick it or smell it, but... Okay. But, but notice, notice Joel's has a hook on one end, and so does mine, but mine's a little bit more sophisticated. And there were two ends to a staff. There was one end with a hook, like mine and Joel's, and the other end, which is straight. And tonight we're going to talk about the reason why one end had a hook and the other end was straight. It's going to be really good. But guess what? All of this is just a little tiny, tiny, tiny sample of what I'm teaching in my regular TV program, which is called the 23rd Psalm. And Denise, just before we came to home group, I looked at the introduction. It is hysterical. Maxine, it is hysterical what we do to film introductions for TV programs. There I am standing really in the middle of all that mud and all that manure. And Maxine's walking through all that mud and all that manure, bringing all that hay to lay all around me. And those sheep, I'm telling you, they are so mangy looking. I was, I looked at them and I thought, how can you take that wool and turn it into something that we wear? It's amazing because it was dirty, it was smelly, it had all these different kind of patterns and smudges and especially the lower, like closer to the ground, it was really wow. dirty. The whole thing was just like, the whole animal was just dirty. But the shepherd knows how to clean them up, the shepherd knows how to trim them, and the shepherd knows how to protect them. It's amazing. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Anyway, you should order the whole series. It's on our website, runner.org. You can call it, call and order it or go online. And the study guide is free. And this is just a little fake study guide. The real one is very substantial. It is huge. You know, Denise, if, if I wasn't the one that wrote these, I would be downloading every single one of them. They are free. It's amazing, Joel. Oh, they're a gift. It's really amazing. There's so much teaching, so much encouragement, so much knowledge and hours and hours of study I know you put into these are available to you right now. Just go to renner.org and you can download it for free. And you can also get Tony Cook's wonderful little book, which is an easy read because of its size. I use this as I prepared for my series. And it's called Because the Lord is My Shepherd, The Blessings of an Empowered Life. If you want something you can just put in your purse, or something you can stick in your pocket to read as you're on the way, 
This is so good, and it will just fill you with encouragement and strength. So order yours today. And remember that if you need prayer, we want to hear from you. We believe in prayer. We really believe in prayer. By the way, we pray for our partners. We pray for you. We pray for our TV viewers. Every Today, already in multiple meetings, I've been praying and praying for people. I pray for you when I go to bed at night. I pray for you when I wake up in the morning. I pray for you when I'm with our team. We pray specifically for people who let us know how to pray. We really believe in prayer. And if you need somebody to pray with you, call us or send us your email. We will really pray with you. Denise? I just wanted to say that after we do these home groups, I want that book. Well, I will just give it to you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. That's right. Well, my friends, please like this video. Whenever you like this video, the algorithms of the Internet promote this video to more and more people. More and more people need to hear about the Word of God. They really do. It's the only thing that will change their life. That's what I want to say. And Joel, what's in your lap? Oh, this is our autobiography, autobiography called Unlikely. It's an autobiography. That means that Dad wrote it himself, and it's about our family's life. And I think it's just so encouraging, so much fun, and it is quite large, and it's only the first part because there's a lot more to do in life. But I think this autobiography will really encourage you because it tells people that if we were, we've been used, anybody can be used. And that's what the whole book's about. Amen. Well, we saw so far that in the 23rd Psalm, verse 1, we have supernatural provision. In verse 2, we have seen that we have supernatural protection. In verse 2, we've also seen that we have supernatural peace. In verse 3, we've seen we have supernatural restoration. Thank God He's the one that restores our souls. Then we saw in Psalm 23, verse 3, we have supernatural guidance. Then Psalm 23, verse 4, supernatural confidence. That's what we looked at last night. We're on page 64. And we're going to continue tonight with Psalm 24, 23, verse 4 where we talk about supernatural correction. And the reason I'm able to tell them that we're on page 64 is because we're using the study, study guide. guide. I wish that you had it because you could be looking at this with us. But the rod and staff were vital for any shepherd. Now, why did David say, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me? Because he had been a shepherd. And when he was a shepherd, he had a rod and a staff. That's one instrument usually. Now, sometimes a shepherd also carried a separate rod, but you didn't have to. You could use the same instrument. One end is for the sheep. The other end is basically for enemies or for correction. I'll explain it to you. One end was used for grabbing hold of the sheep to pull them back into place. Like pull their hind leg and pull it back in. Pull their hind leg, or if they were caught in a bad place, you could pull them out. It was for deliverance. It was for just getting them out of trouble. The other end of the rod was used for beating wolves, beating any kind of a predator. And if a sheep really got out of order, you could use that rod to correct the sheep. Sometimes sheep have to be corrected. So one rod was used for correction. It was used for teaching. It was sometimes used for punishment. And David said, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David knew both ends of the rod. That's the way that I like to say it. I've known both ends of the rod, and guess what? It comforts me. 
It comforts me that if I'm ever going in a wrong direction, Jesus loves me so much, he's going to use that hook to pull me back on track. Sometimes he does it when Denise speaks to me. Sometimes my friends speak to me because I'm very accountable to my friends and to my team. Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to me or the Word of God speaks to me and God just pulls me and pulls all of us back on track. But I'm also very comforted to know that in times of my life when I've gone off track and I haven't heard His voice, He's used the other end of the rod to correct me. And I'm thankful for that. That comforts me. It comforts me that He loves me so much He would protect me and He would correct me. And it comforts me to know that if the enemy tries to come close to me, God will employ the other end of the rod to beat the enemy. He will beat the predators off of us. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We need both ends of the rod. You Joel? Know, oh, I'm sorry, Rick. But Joel, you want to go ahead? Go ahead. Well, um, as you were talking, Rick, I was thinking several times in the Bible. The Bible says that if he doesn't discipline us, we're not his. So if you've been disciplined by the Lord of his mercy and grace coming after you to bring you back in, that means that you're his child. Well, the Bible talks about the chastening of the Lord yes. and everybody wants to avoid chastening. Okay, Denise, okay, we're parents. One of our children is sitting right here. Certainly is. And Joel, we chastened you when you were wrong. Certainly yeah. did. But we didn't do it because we wanted to hurt you. We did it because we wanted to help you. Exactly. And God is the same. And so many people are afraid of the chastening of the Lord. You know the word chastening? In Greek, it really it describes a kind of an education. There's a purpose to chastening. Oh, yes. It's not just beating. Mm -mm. It's teaching. It's instructing. It's lifting to a higher level. And God is a father. And the Bible says, should we not submit to the Father of spirits? He's our Father. Joel? I was going to say that before I think the Lord ever corrects you, He always tries to pull you out. Oh, chastening is always the last option. He can try, I don't know how many times, to pull you out with that hook. I mean, you might be in a ditch and He's trying to pull you out, pull you out, and you know, but He can't do that forever. That's not love either. Mm -hmm. And so He has to teach you sometimes other ways. And, but he always tries to pull you out of that problem first. Well, think about the words of Jesus to Jezebel in Thyatira, Revelation chapter 2. It says, I gave her space to repent. He tried to use this end of the rod to bring her back in line, but he had no choice but to use the other end because she wouldn't listen. And the Bible he says, gave her space to repent. And the Greek says, she repented not. But the Greek actually means she chose not to take the opportunity to repent. And the Bible says... But God didn't did abandon her. He said, okay, I love you so much. I'm going to use the other end. I'm going to get you back where you need to be. The Bible says the Lord is slow to anger, slow to wrath. Yes. And so he's using that hook side of the rod often. Yes. Maxime? Uh, yes. And the Bible says that he is great and terrible. Yes. Sometimes he can be terrible. Actually, he's great to us and he's terrible to our enemies. You said that he can use the other end of the rod to hit our enemies. So he's terrible to our enemies and he's great to us. Well, let's look again mm -hmm. at what Jesus said in John 10, 11. We saw this last Friday. 
where Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And as I told you before, in Greek it says, I am the shepherd, the good one. In Greek it has two definite articles. It says, I am the shepherd, and then it repeats, Hokalos, the good one, the best one, the superior one. There's not one better than me. That's amazing to me. And Jesus says of himself that the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, which means he's going to do whatever he has to do to feed. He's going to do whatever he has to do to nurture, whatever he has to do to defend his flock. And he tells us in verse 12 and 13 that there's a difference between a shepherd and a hireling. Hiring someone who's hired to take care of the flock. Just hired to take care. They really don't have a heart for the sheep. They're just paid to do a job. Jesus said, but he that is a hireling, I'm going to tell you what this word hireling means exactly, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, talk about the hireling, seeth the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep. The hiring fleeth because he's a hireling and careth not for the sheep. That word hireling is the Greek word which describes one who only works to get a salary. This person is not really called to be a shepherd. He's just merely filling a position to collect a paycheck. He doesn't have a heart for the sheep. It's just where he gets paid. He doesn't really care what happens to the sheep. He just wants to collect. But then Jesus says, but the shepherd he cares for the sheep. The word shepherd describes one who feeds, protects, a ruler of the flock, one so committed to the flock that he'll do anything he has to do to defend them. Then we come to the word wolf. And guess what the word wolf is? The Greek word lukos describes one that's cruel, greedy, rapacious, destructive. And what's really interesting, Maxime, I don't know if you've ever studied this, but prostitutes in the first century were also called Lucas from the same word wolf. And the prostitutes would walk the streets at night and would howl to attract attention. Isn't that amazing? Hmm. That's how you always knew they were there. And if they were in a house of prostitution, it was called a wolf's den. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. You should study. That's very interesting. That's mm. interesting. They were trying to attack, attract attention and lure people into their den. And the use of this word, which here is translated as the word wolf, lets us know that false shepherds who are not really God-called leaders will sell themselves like a prostitute for gain, but they won't really care for you. They'll just sell themselves for gain. They're just there to collect and to take. Hmm. And the Bible says that a hireling will flee. And the word flee is the Greek word, which means to flee, to take flight, to run away, to run as fast as possible. And it pictures one's feet flying as fast as he can. They're not hitting the ground at the same time. He is fleeing because he really doesn't have a heart for the sheep. I think this really explains why God looks at the heart, not at just people's skills or their stature or the way they look or the way they speak. Because a shepherd's heart is special. And it, it doesn't have to be the most handsome or most skilled or best spoken person. But if that person takes care of the flock, that person has a good heart. Well, David describes himself as a shepherd mm -hmm. in 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 36. And listen to what David says. But David said, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. 
And when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. It's talking about the end, the other end of the rod. I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I love that. I've done this to both lions and bears. Those sheep that David was taking care of didn't have to worry because David was there. And David had the rod and the staff and it provided comfort to those sheep. Honey, is this powerful? Oh, it's very powerful. Mm. I was just thinking about the strength of David, his muscles. And then I thought about the strength of our God coming well, actually, after our enemies. That leads me to the next verse, which is Isaiah 59, verse 1, which says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. God employs his mighty arm to protect us. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. But when you come to Psalm 51, verses 1 through 4, we find that God didn't just use his rod to protect David. When David got in trouble, God corrected David with the other end of the sword. And the example is when he and Bathsheba conspired together. And by the way, I did a whole series on this. Actually, it's about to be broadcast called 10 Powerful Women. Mm. There's one entire program about Bathsheba. Denise, it's really good, isn't it? Very we're going to do a home group about it. Yeah, we're going to do a home group about it. But Bathsheba was... She was not an innocent partner in that deal. She was a participant. She was a co-conspirator. She knew exactly what David was doing. But David conspired to kill. First of all, he slept with Bathsheba. Rather than repent, he tried to hide his sin by killing her husband and thought that he was going to hide his sin. And the prophet Nathan came and exposed him. And David then had a choice. He could repent or he could try to hide. And David repented before the Lord and the Lord lovingly brought correction into his life. And David repented and his kingdom was prolonged. David had a heart after God. That doesn't mean he did everything right. David did a lot of things wrong, but he had a heart of repentance. And by the way, when you read the book of Psalms, it's amazing that in the Old Testament, David had a revelation of grace. Mm -hmm. When David writes and says, let your face shine upon me, that's an Old Testament expression asking for grace. David knew that if God's face would shine upon him, everything would be all right. David understood. But I even think the way God corrected David in that situation was so merciful. Oh, it was, nobody knew about it. The example Nathan gave, the story, was about sheep. It was. And David understood sheep. He was a shepherd. And God was speaking his language. It's very interesting. And you know, when God brought correction, he used the other end of the rod to bring correction to David's life. It was done privately. It was not done publicly. Mm. And if the story hadn't been written in the Bible, nobody would even know about it because it was covered by the grace of God. And David just continued. But when you come to Psalm 51, verses 1 through 4, David cried out, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to under the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. And then he makes this amazing statement, which most people don't understand. For I acknowledge my transgression, and my sin is ever before me. 
What does he mean, his sin is ever before him? Some people say, oh, he just couldn't get rid of the memory of his sin. You know what was in front of him? Bathsheba. Bathsheba was ever before him. Every time he looked into the face of Bathsheba, it was a reminder of murder. Every time he looked into the face of his sweetheart, it was a reminder of adultery. His sin was ever before him. It was inescapable. And guess what? He couldn't rectify what he had done. It was done. But he received grace, and he received correction, and he said, Against thee, thee only have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. And then David says this in verses 7 through 12, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash mm -hmm. me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Hyssop was a very stringent chemical. When David said, Wash me with hyssop, he was saying, Go to the depths, turn me inside out, really, really scrub me good, take me to the depths, cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. He wasn't trying to skip over what he did now. He was saying, hey, you've dealt with me, deal with me thoroughly. Mm. Make me to hear joy and gladness, and the bones that thou hast broken may rejoice. Why did he feel his bones had been broken? Because correction had come into his life. And no, notice he's thankful. <laughs> he said, I'm going to rejoice as a result of you dealing with me. Mm. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out mine iniquities, which God did. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. And although God's correction in David's life was so strong that he made him feel as if his bones had been broken, he knew that God loved him so much that God was willing to discipline him in order to bring him back in track with God's will for his life. That's why David said, Thy rod and thy staff, both ends of the rod, they bring me comfort. Mm -hmm. Denise, I've known both ends of the rod. I'd rather experience this one. But if I need this one, I'm always thankful for it. Because it's His love. It's His love. It's His mercy. And sometimes we like to dictate how God's going to love us. But you know, when you're a parent, you have to do what's right for your child. You don't always do what your child wants you to do. You have to do what's right for your child. But the purpose is always education. It's raising them up, training them in the way they should go. It's never, I'm going to beat you because I want to beat you. It's, I want to I help teach you. I'm bringing, going to bring correction to you because I want to help you. Mm -hmm. Denise. And Rick, you're talking about borders because in Psalm 139, David wrote, you hedge me in before and behind. That's powerful. And so those borders come up and the Lord says, no, no, you're not going any further that way. Come on, come on, get back with me. Or you go over here and there comes another border and you come back in line. And for parents, the Bible says if we don't discipline our children, we hate our children. Yeah, we that. don't give them any borders. And Rick, I love how you've been talking in this home group and the last one, because it shows an appreciation and a safety for discipline. It's so powerful. Mm. Maxine, thank you for saying what you're saying. I'm thankful. 
Joel? I think it's very interesting about sheep because we were talking about you know shepherds and staffs and all that business. I think it's much more easy to train up a lamb when they're young because whenever they get older, they're probably more strong-headed. They're set in their ways. And I'm almost confident that if you bring in a sheep to a to a pasture mm -hmm. that's already grown up and come from some other shepherd's lead, that one she that one sheep might act different its whole life. And it's just a lot easier whenever you grow up in the Word of God, when you grow up in correction. Mm -hmm. And that's good. God's grace will cover all of our lack. We just have to listen. Be sure to get the free download at renner.org right now. We're just speaking from the study guide. You're going to love this. But we're going to be back tomorrow night. We're going to continue. But Father, we thank you that we've had this time mm -hmm. in the Word of God tonight. We thank you for both ends of the rod in our life. That your rod and your staff, they indeed comfort us. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Sleep well. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.